0: It is. The organ. <laughs> the organ intro. <laughs> Sam's dancing. White man uh, overbite.
1: <laughs> I do this yeah. for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But only for my uh, two co-hosts here. And you're getting what you pay for. So. <laughs> Welcome to E-Talk Repeat. Hey, it's we're here. Friday, it's food, it's... June. We're June. Here. How did that happen?
0: It's June. It's National Gay
2: Pride Month. Let's show some pride here. Well, you're wearing pink, so that's (laughs) close. Justin Randall, are you out there? Between you... I'm here for you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Between you and Sam, it's like a gender reveal. We got baby blue and Uh, baby pink.
1: I need to ask you, John, did you buy the shoes? Because on your... Social uh, on on Twitter on the, yeah yeah on what is that eating LV yeah
0: yeah the gayest shoes I've ever seen yes yeah and, well uh, my Twitter's at eating Las Vegas I didn't put them on Twitter I put them on Facebook actually and and, and Instagram just to make fun of my friend uh, Justin Randall <laughs> who's proudly wearing his rainbow striped caftans everywhere this week okay uh, yeah the gayest shoes I've ever seen and they are men's shoes I'd... they were like slip-ons with pointy toes. They were Mm size 10 and a half. They were at uh, at these uh, sacks, off sacks, sacks off fifth in the premium outlet mall men's department. I said, These are the gayest shoes I've ever seen. So you bought them? (laughs) No, no. I've never, you know, I I think by definition, a man's shoes should have a back on them. This is like
2: a mule, but it's like hemp. It's it's not rainbow. Well, no, no,
0: no, it's not rainbow. But it's hemp, it's mule, it's got a little decoration and a pointy toe. It, was, I, it I is just, not
1: a man's shoe. Well, It might have been in the man's department. Believe me,
0: I mean, I, I wear a size 9, and it was way too big for me. Okay, so I, don't, I can't see a woman putting a foot in that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, there are some women these days oh, that yeah. have <laughs> big
0: feet, John. Yeah, okay,
2: this is a food show. Okay, <laughs> all right, we'll get off of
0: this. Anyway, happy Gay Pride Month. We're here for you uh, and everybody. I straight in, Gay, we're, all, we're here for all of you as long as you have an appetite for Las Vegas.
2: And you're not a foodie. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because fuck foodies. No, yeah. Um,
0: you got to be a food lover rather than a foodie. Yes. Okay. Um,
2: All right. Okay.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Into
2: recent EatingLV art- EatingLV.com article April in Paris has made it out. Did it make it out in May or June? It made it out in May. Okay. End of May, a
0: couple few days ago.
2: What is why does someone want to read this article? Why? Well, your, your generation us. doesn't read, no. so
0: I mean, why bother so tell talk, us talking to anyone under 40, okay? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, look, at this point in my blog, my blog when I started it in 2008 was, you know, I used to get hundreds of thousands of views and You know now, in in the last decade, you know nobody reads anymore. Everybody's a food critic, (laughs) so I write for myself and maybe the you know few hundred or few thousand people out there who just like to read travel articles, like old-fashioned magazine articles. Think of it that way. Is you know it's I kind of I you guys don't write about food, but but at some point you just start writing for yourself or a person out there that thinks like you. Like and I was always the person you know, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, that wanted to read, if somebody went on a food adventure to Australia or Paris or San Francisco or Calgary, Canada... I'd want to read about it and just sort of vicariously experience what what they liked and didn't like about wherever they were. So I write it for that. And I list a bunch of places we went. It's going to be three parts. Uh, I mean, I was there and I was in Paris for 17 days. So this just scratched the surface of these bistros and the what I call the bistronomy movement, which started in France about 15 years ago, yeah, maybe more like 20 years ago. Uh, where uh, these Haute Bistros came into being. They basically use, uh, use really, really uh, refined French culinary techniques, but they do it in a very casual setting. How- I mean, if you want to look at, like, what we have, we have them here, places like Sparrow and Wolf, for example, or very much like a beast, uh, the bistronomy movement in paris.
2: Okay, how long or how far in advance did you have to book all of your restaurant reservations and how and where did you do it? Did you call the restaurants directly, Yelp, what do you where, how?
0: That you know, it's funny you should say that because we I ran into some people last night. Uh, okay, boy, this is a whole topic. Uh the the places in this month's article, uh, the, the April in Paris, it's all about hot bistro places most of which you can just walk into okay, okay. there there uh, or or you know or call them or a couple of them I, I I walked by during the day and said can I get a table for four avez-vous <laughs> une uh, table pour quatre personnes s'il vous plaît and they would, and they would let me know. So, uh, a couple of the ones, were Le Bon Georges, which is one of the hottest bistros in Paris right now, has been for maybe ten years. That one we booked out. My friends, uh, Greg and Deanna, booked that like um, many, many weeks before we went there. So, yeah. So it's uh But most of the people do it online now. I mean, okay. everybody does it, even in even in Europe. I, I, same when I was in London back in December. Everybody, everybody just goes online and just is 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 pecking with their thumbs to get reservations. The old fashioned—you got to pick up a phone or, or know that you know go there. That's that's dead, but uh, I, I, I you know I like to spur of the moment sometimes. I mean, I'll make reservations in France weeks or months in advance for really really uh, you know temples of haute cuisine. But I, you know sometimes I don't know where I want to eat for lunch until I walk right past it. Right? I mean that's, that's part of the fun of travel, the serendipity of travel.
1: Yeah, the tough thing is some of these places you can't get into without planning ahead, and yeah. so. If you're intending to go somewhere, travel somewhere, you really have to make some of these reservations even before you book your hotel and your airfare. Absolutely.
0: And that's why I see that the Internet has kind of ruined it for people because people willy-nilly just make reservations on their phone because you can literally do it in 15 seconds. And uh, they overbook, and restaurants, you know, sometimes – You know, people get very cavalier about it. So anyway, I I go through a bunch of bistros I love in Paris this time. I'm going to go through fancy lunches next time, and part three will be the best of the best meals I had. So think of it all as a travelogue to Paris for any of you who are thinking of going to Paris or know anybody else who's going there in the next year, and they can use it as something of a guide.
2: All right, great. Um, Bon
0: appétit to that.
2: Updates. We were talking before we got on air. Uh, donut bar closes. How do you feel? Are you heartbroken? Tears. Oh, no. I don't know. Is that- I'm surprised it lasted this long. <laughs> the donut
0: bar that never had any donuts. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I probably walked by the place 30 times, 40. We're out of donuts. Sometimes at 10 o'clock in the morning. They were doing this whole, our donuts are so good, man. They sell out every day. Well, that's that was just bogus. That was like, we're only going to make like six dozen. And when they sell, we all go home. I don't know how they made it. It was one of those downtown project things, I think. You know, one of those Tony Shea ideas that I never was that good. People went, oh man, they're phenomenal.
1: No, they
2: I think weren't. they were Instagram heavy, social media heavy. Yeah, exactly. Also.
0: Yeah, and then good. And so the, the fact, yeah. Look at our gigantic donut. Oh, wow. It you was know. the Homer Simpson
2: donut. Yeah. Yeah. But. And it came from California. I think it came from California. Case Uh, closed. You just made my argument for me. Smashed pig on Fremont (laughs) closes. Are you also devastated? I didn't. I used to like the place a lot. Uh, It's original
0: chef, uh, uh, a gal, died prematurely when she was still in her early 50s. Uh, It had really, really good food like 10 years ago. It really was. They, it was very kind of English. They had a great fish and chips there. So I wasn't devastated because I hadn't been there in at least five years. But I always liked it at the beginning. But it was one of those, I think that was another downtown idea that, you know, had a great genesis. But it oh, all of these restaurants on Fremont Street, on East Fremont Street, oversold themselves to that lowbrow nickel beer crowd that's down there. And they were they were all doomed to failure because the people down there are just cheap asses. I mean, look at Fremont Street; it's it's disgusting, and and, and you know nobody's there spending any money. It, everybody there is just looking for bar. It's the it's the yard of uh, or do you like the yard of of, of beer of margaritas ashley, or, is it, or is it the guitar margarita that you like to walk around with?
2: Well, I think I'm more of an Eiffel Tower girl, but do you know. <laughs> so, yeah, there you um, go. No, I. Yeah, look, Fremont Street struggles. I love the vibe and the energy down there. It gets grungy. It's high. Grungy, yeah. boy, that's an I euphemism mean, for you. And, <laughs> um, but Latai's down there, so I'll make the trip. Latai's nice. Latai, you know, is independently
0: owned. Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, then uh, further east,
1: on further Fremont. east, it
0: gets better. But that little block right east of the actual Fremont Street experience. Um, has just been one failure after the next. Every time they've tried to bring something good in there, it hasn't worked out.
2: Um, Floor by Hubert Keller is closing. Did you hear that? You
0: know, I'm hearing it for the first time.
2: Oh, oh, no, yeah, no, no, I heard no, that. No, I think no. it's closing at the end of the month in Mandalay Bay.
0: Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me. I'm I'm a huge Hubert Keller fan, but um, he's been he was one of those guys that came into Mandalay Bay back in 1999. It was originally Fleur de Lis, which was an offshoot of his San Francisco restaurant, and it was one of the best French restaurants in Las Vegas for probably close to 10 years. But then they turned it into sort of this casual place, and I didn't think it was ever as good. It was a beautiful restaurant in its day, but probably Hubert is
2: probably tired of running it, so I wish him well. And then you tweeted or... Instagrammed this morning Saga Pastry, which had a Henderson location and closed about a year ago maybe, yeah, or f- yeah. is reopening? Yeah, in a little
0: tiny place in the, around the corner of a bunch of restaurants on Hughes Center on uh, East Flamingo right there. Yeah. And the food gal has gone by, it, and she went, I mean, and we, we love Gert. Chef Gert is the guy behind it. I mean, he does some of these great Norwegian sandwiches, these open face sandwiches sandwiches. Uh, Beautiful pastries, Scandinavian pastries. We love Saga uh, sandwich and pastries in in Henderson. I'm uh, I got my fingers crossed for him because he's a great guy and he's a great chef. But I just don't know how he's going to find an audience tucked in this little corner behind a bunch of other restaurants on east of Flamingo.
2: Yeah, and it looks like I I did some digging. He's opening it in like what's called a foodie hall. Yeah, And so you can order online for delivery or pickup and they're going to add other restaurant concepts. So it's going to be kind of maybe almost like a ghost kitchen. Yeah.
0: I love Gert and I love his food, but I'm sorry. Just screw all you and all your fucking ghost kitchens and ordering online shit. Okay. I'm sorry. The culinary curmudgeon is back. Okay. I mean, it's just the eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. You just get get off your goddamn ass and go to a restaurant. I know. You know, sitting on your couch, I, I get I get Grubhub every night. You know, God damn it!
2: <laughs> you know, I, well, look, I—that's
0: the death of good food, right there.
2: I—I'm okay, guilty of.
0: Yeah, see, because you're a millennial, my son is too. My number two son. Oh man, we always man, we're on Grubhub and Google eats all the time. I'm like. Uber, Google yeah. Uber Eats. Uber Uber oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, well, I, I
2: do what it at work. Sometimes I'm like, I, look, well, by that time, makes sense. Sometimes I don't want to leave my office, and so I can just online go quickly onto Postmates yeah. or Uber Eats and order something to get delivered because I eat at my desk occasionally.
0: Well, that if you're working through lunch, it makes sense. Okay. But there's too Phew. much of it out there. And and did you see the thing that you told me about, about, about catfishing with, with Uber Eats or, yes. or Google Eats? What is it? Like New that?
2: York Post article, your favorite takeout joint is a catfishing scam. And Explain that to me. So what's going on is a lot of restaurants will you know, basically sublet their kitchen to a ghost kitchen. You know, a a famous one is this burger joint, Beast Burger. And they went around and started making deals, co-oping with this Italian restaurant that's leaving me right now and they would use their kitchen to sell burgers, you know, grill burgers, and then they would just, all it is is delivery.
1: So the restaurant doesn't actually exist.
2: Beast Burger, you can't go find it or sit down anywhere, but you can order it online. But what's happening is like a local coffee shop will sell you their coffee and their paninis for like $9. If you go on Uber Eats or one of these apps, you'll find the coffee shop and then you'll find 10 other different branded restaurants selling the same exact products as the coffee shop, but at different price points. So some person might just be more attracted to a different restaurant name, click that, buy a panini for $27 that they could have gotten under a different brand and it's all for coming 12. from the same place. All from the same place. Okay, so
0: I like the idea of going, I get all my paninis from Panini King, right? Yeah. And you get yours from Italo Sandwich Boy, you know, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, so,
2: <laughs> as a consumer, if you're using these apps, you can always check the address of where you're ordering from it you kind of have to dig for it but you can find the address and see where it is so you know you're making my argument for me about no, how no. To bullshit
0: all these all these apps and, and ordering by it is uh,
2: bullshit this, yeah. and the apps did it to try and help restaurants through the covid because look some restaurants they had a brand they don't want to be seen mm-hmm. as a delivery restaurant so they would allow them to use a different label mm-hmm. to sell delivery and takeout. But what happens is now they're doing it under like seven di- different labels at different price <laughs> points. So uh, it's actually a consumer scam. And I think Uber Eats is cutting back and not allowing it anymore. Yeah. But that's a, a warning. If you're an app orderer, f- be on the lookout. Make sure you know where your food's coming from and that you're not paying more than you should be.
0: Well, you know, what I say is you if you're an app orderer, online orderer, you get what you deserve. So...
2: Easy. Yeah. Okay. Easy. I'm sorry. Easy. No, Easy. I'm, sorry. I'm, in a, okay. I'm
0: in an irascible mood today. Okay.
2: And then another interesting topic. We kind of touched on it last week, just vaguely. And a listener asked us about restaurant liability. Yeah. When it comes to allergies. So if someone with a food allergy goes in to a restaurant, eats something, and gets a gets sick, ill, or has a reaction to the food, what liability does the restaurant have?
0: I'm not the PI lawyer here, but I'm going to say three words to you and then turn it over to the real experts, Sam and Ash, injury attorneys. <laughs> okay,
2: uh, what are your three, three
1: words? My three words are
0: assumption of the risk.
1: And I will now turn it over to you th- too. Well, that's the defense, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will tell you, I think that if you tell them you have an allergy and they represent to you that that particular food isn't on your plate, right. and you, on the basis of that representation, eat food and it nearly kills you, right. you've go yeah, you got a I, shock Yeah, I think you have a suit. Right.
0: But if you like, I just sit down. Okay. If I eat a peanut, it will kill me. Okay. Let's say that or whatever, you know, <laughs> or, or if I, if a, a piece of gluten hits my tongue, I will swell up and then go, go to the hospital or have Hindenburg. Se- yeah. Right. But I don't say a word. I just sit down and order food and it comes and
1: I eat and I get sick. Yeah. But sick. it's actually right. But it's actually, this is very basic like law, right? A negligence law, right? There's a duty of care, right? And the, the, the It's not just if you have an allergy, but I think that if you affirmatively tell them that you have this allergy and that it's severe and they tell you, yes, understood, this food that we're putting down in front of you doesn't have walnuts in it. That's one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. Cream. Cream. Yeah.
2: Lactose, yeah.
1: Nuts. Um, And you end up – now, the truth is it also just sort of depends on your damages, right? If you – we're losing John. Yeah, he's
0: Did we? Did you have a? Was having an allergic reaction? I, just, I had. I had some gluten today, and I just can't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and by gluten, I mean four croissants. Did you really? No. no, oh. no. But we'll talk about okay what, uh, croissant in
2: a minute. But okay,
0: croissant, croissant,
2: croissant.
0: <laughs> croissant. Okay,
2: les croissants. But look, as a consumer, you do have an obligation. If you have a known allergy, what you have to do is you have to make sure the the restaurant is in the best position. <laughs>
0: Well, there's Rocky. Does the restaurant have a duty to ask you?
2: Duty to ask you what?
1: Whether you
0: have any allergies
1: or not.
2: No. I say no. No, they I don't.
1: Would, I would say no. I, I, we've had this conversation. It's ridiculous. But yeah. you have a duty If you know you've got an allergy, right. Right. then you need to do. If something.
0: a clam will kill me, I need to tell you a clam will kill me. Yep. Now, now, you shouldn't be in a place called Joey's Clam Bar if if a clam will kill you,
1: but people do.
2: Yeah, so you have an obligation if you have an allergy to make sure you give the restaurant notice of the allergy. And that's why a lot of waiters and waitresses will say, is this a preference or an allergy? If you say, I don't want cheese on it. They go, Mm -hmm. is it a preference or an allergy? Because they need to know... How serious is it? Do we have to fully segregate it? Do we have to use different bowls, et cetera, et cetera? So it's one of those things that if the restaurant's on notice of your allergy and they fail to protect you and they could have under- taken reasonable steps to do so and you get injured and you have to go to the hospital, et cetera, et cetera, incur bills, yes, you can sue the restaurant.
1: And yeah. even if it's not as on the nose as a clam, clam bar, yeah. if you go to a Thai restaurant and you have a severe peanut allergy – Right. That's a dumb move. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. literally everything in that in that Thai restaurant is covered in peanuts. The whole fucking kitchen Inco- is covered in peanuts. Including the oil they use, yes. which is
2: peanut oil.
1: Yep. It's all <laughs> okay. it's all oil. Yeah. So it's uh yeah. It's-
2: and that's why you'll see if you open a menu, look to the bottom, you'll see a bunch of asterisks about allergies for consuming raw, undercooked food, egg, et cetera, and things mm. that are in their kitchen. It's just a blanket warning to anyone sitting there and ordering food. Be prepared.
0: Well, I've already had one uh, meltdown rant today, so I won't go into the whole you know, you know, where they don't have food allergies?
1: Africa. Okay.
0: You know, you know, Somalia. Somalia, yeah. You know, where they don't have, you know, you know, the wilds of Indonesia. I'm not you know, touching this. The outback of Australia. You know, they, you know, the, you know, the Borneo, the wild man of Borneo or the Amazon rainforest is not shot through with food allergies it's simply a white person problem
2: maybe okay. they do and we just don't know it Yeah, i think it's just a way for people to draw attention to themselves well okay we'll leave that at i that. agree with that okay 12 okay. let's let's talk about croissants croissant, croissant. Right. 1228 right. main the photos you
1: took oh yeah. looked it, so good
0: it, let, tell us let me tell you how good 1228 Maine is going to be Please. First of all, they've got the guy behind it, and I just I walked by there a few days ago, and just to peek in, because they were starting to start uh, bring in some press people, and uh, they've got Kamel Guchita, who uh, started out at Joel Robichon as his, his pastry chef. Now, if you are a Joel Robichon pastry chef, you are already at the pinnacle of your profession. I mean, they don't get any better than that. And then Kamel... Uh, got spirited away from by Wolfgang Puck Group, and he's been the corporate pastry chef at Wolfgang Puck now for at least a decade, I think, maybe even longer. Uh, And he's just one of the pastry masters in the United States, in the world. And he's the guy, I mean, he's he's not going to be the guy rolling the dough out there anymore, but he's the one supervising the pastry chefs at 1228 Main, and they're going to put out a, a panoply of... Palette pleasing pastries, like you have never uh, perceived. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> Keep going. It is
0: right there. Okay, <laughs> they, I mean they open Monday this coming Monday uh, for breakfast. I'll be there with bells on probably about eight a.m. and uh, it's going to be pastries by the piece. I mean they're going to do and what's be- breads. I mean incredible breads. Uh, I've got some bread uh, some breads for you and all of us to try later on today. Uh, walnut bread. Cherry cherry walnut bread, sourdough, um, I like everything bread with all kinds of birdseed on top, which I don't really love, but that, I had a piece of one. It was great. Pumpernickel bread. They're baking all this stuff fresh every day. You can eat it in the restaurant or you can t- carry it out with you. Uh, the pastries are going to be world-class. Uh, there's going to be breakfast there. I posted the, uh, the menu on my Instagram page, at John Curtis. Uh, you should just, I mean, it's not going to be expensive, but it's going to be a quality of cooking at a volume of, uh, of, of variety that you have not seen in downtown. So downtown Las Vegas has never seen anything like this. It's going to be a, a total game changer as far as uh, being the kind of restaurant which you would normally see in a big city or on the Strip. It's going to be right there on Main Street, and it's going to be something
2: else. Yeah, you posted this menu, and great point. The pricing is all very reasonable. For the hot and savory like handful of items, nothing is more than $20. The, yeah. So that's impressive.
0: And they're going to do a grab-and-go stuff. They're going to be a coffee shop. They're, they're bringing in some exclusive coffee. They were telling me all about it, and I, my eyes kind of glaze over because there's so much exclusive coffee out there now. Well, they
1: have a civet in the back. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know what that is, folks? That's where the cat. <laughs>
1: you tell them, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, <clears throat> Ashley and I tasted this once years oh, ago. Oh, you did. We oh. we did. And hey, well, let me let, let me first tell you let me first tell you what it is, and then let, we'll we'll tell you our reaction to it. Just have your litter box ready, folks. <laughs> so what they do is they take a, a cat, a civet, a civet, and they feed it the beans. They being Indonesians, I think this is an in, a Malaysian or Indonesian thing. I yeah. don't know if Peta would allow this. I know. He but anyway, so the the civet processes, through its digestive tract, yeah. the uh, coffee bean. And then it's, um, well, it poops it out. It poops out a yeah. whole coffee bean. And then, you, then only then you begin the process of... of uh,
0: uh, fermenting it and, yeah. and grinding it and baking yeah. it and all that sort of thing. So you're eating cat shit coffee. <laughs> and apparently it's a thing. So It's you
2: got- better than some other shit coffee <laughs> I've had. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's called... It's better l- than
1: dog shit coffee. <laughs> <No. laughs> it, yeah.
2: it, Luwak coffee. It's yeah. really, really expensive. I think yeah. it's one of those kind of just What gimmick. was
1: it, the mug that... We, we had a, a thing of it. It was like $35 for a cup, right? What, where were, were you was more than... It was, I don't, I don't It was, was stupid it in expensive. In Southern yeah. California? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: But it was stupid it was expensive, a- and we just saw it, and we're like, this is fun. we hey, got to do it. it. we got to try gotta, it. Yeah, well,
1: I would, too, I, you know. Um,
2: but you would know- I don't think you would ever know no, it, it did not it taste again. any different
1: yeah. yeah
0: well they 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 somehow the cats don't digest these beans, they process them through their canal they they <laughs> scoop them out and they you know then they clean them and dry them and roast them and all that. Um, <laughs>
2: Canal? I, I
0: just want to know who's the who's the, the brain? canal. Who, who's the brainiac who first had this idea? Okay? No,
2: who's the brainiac that said, "Well, <laughs> let's just charge a bunch of Americans <laughs> yeah. a shit ton of money for this." Literally,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just.
2: But uh, look at oh, our cat. Our cat just pooped
0: out a bunch of coffee beans. Let's see what they taste like.
2: Oh man! Well. Regardless of shit coffee, Go I'm ahead. I'm anticipating twelve twenty-eight. Yeah, twelve twenty-eight is going to be going to be a, a be game a changer, and it'll have great coffee, great pastries, and will be not good for my waistline. Yeah,
0: like we said last week, there's an arms race going on downtown, and uh, there's no losers in this arms race because you know uh, my James, waistline yeah, is a loser. Yeah, yeah I
1: want to talk about Esther's Kitchen when we come
0: back. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that because I was there last night. Wonderful meal as usual.
1: Okay. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
2: Hi, it's Ash from Salmon Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right.
1: Favorite music.
0: You know, this puts me in a bad mood. Even a good mood when I'm in a bad mood. So yes, it's bouncy music. And I was getting a little sour that last time. I'll try to be more upbeat.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Harness the pink in your shirt. Yeah, I know. It's, it's in, good energy.
0: Uh, gay Pride Month, baby. Gay Pride Month. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, Esther's Kitchen.
0: What about it? I ate there last night. It's, it's excellent as usual. You're still too loud. Love you, James Trees, but you know, he comes at the table and Dylan, Chef Dylan comes over, we talk, you were great. The pastas there are just otherworldly good. They just are. But I swear to God, if it was a little quieter, I would enjoy them more.
1: Okay, let me defend them though. That this restaurant has over it's it's overgrown now. It's become so popular. It's still their original space. They're building a larger, purpose built space next door, which I peeked into the other day. And um, and it is, um, it looks spectacular. I think their their concept of how that's all going to be is great. But the food, the food is getting better and better and better. It was already excellent. And I think right now, for example, some of their pastas are best in town. Mm.
2: Easy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think. Okay. okay and I'm well, gonna... they're right. We, we have, there's a lot of great pasta in town. But let's just say that... There's a dozen great pasta restaurants in town, but, but Esther's is right there near the top, yeah.
2: I'd put them at the top, but yeah. I also like the energy of Esther's Kitchen. I like that it's a little louder. It's got a kind of an upbeat vibe. You do feel like everyone wants to be there. Everyone's having a good time. If you spaced everyone out, you would just be like at a snobby, stuck-up Italian What's restaurant. What's wrong with that? Yeah, no, this is the Arts <laughs> District, John. <laughs> We're young, we're hip, <laughs> we're, young, we're cool. Young. Huh? Huh? What are you talking about?
1: I I have to share a if a funny story though about the versatility of James Trees because we had at the Casa Murjovsky a uh, little end of the year party planned for all my my kids, you know, everybody's getting out of school uh last week and um and I, you know, I asked I wanted to get a, a recommendation from, from Chef James on a James Trees from Esther's Kitchen on a Chef, somebody to come over prepare some food for the party, and he goes, "I'll do it." And my wife goes, "Be sure to tell him it's a kids' party; it's for kids." Well, guess what? The yeah. kids all loved his food. So th- this is the this is the other part of it. It's so good, and yet it's his food. There is stuff you can you can go in and and you know, oh, yeah. as long as your kids are not just you know peanut butter and jelly sandwich kids. They'll eat the food there. It is it is incredible.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's great. I mean, let me ask you a question before I forget it about the new space. Because I, after I had dinner there last night with a good friend, shout out to Dr. Jerry and Margie. It was Dr. Jerry's birthday last night. Um, we we walked around the, where the new construction is. We couldn't really it's, – it's all walled off so you really can't see it. I asked the question to myself and to my, my friends, is the new Esther space going to be too big? Because, as everyone knows, expansion to too large a space has killed more restaurants than Salmonella ever has. But you'll be able to hear yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But I worry when, when a restaurant... Doubles or triples in size. At, le- at least they're not moving to a new neighborhood. They're, so they're, they're going to keep the vibe. They're going to keep their, the customers they already have. They're moving just, next door, yeah, literally. Literally, like, like what, 100 feet, maybe? Not, e- not even. not e- No. Not even, but, 50 feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I just, I, I worry about it being too big. Uh, we had a, a funny little uh, a conversation with uh, Tree, Chef Trees last night because he talks about what he's going to, how he's going to repurpose The old, uh, the existing uh, Esther's Kitchen space. And he wants to turn it into some kind of Frenchified thing. He he just spent a little time in France, too, Mm -hmm. right before I went. And um, he said he was thinking of calling it the aristocrat. And I said, well... Nothing says white privilege by like calling your, your restaurant <laughs> the aristocrat. Okay, and he laughed, and you know he said, "Yeah, we're rethinking it." You oh, know, even before that, I said, "But uh, so it'll be fun to see what he does with the space." Um, well, and I think it'll be a- in- interesting to see how the, all these great places just c- keep feeding
1: off each other. There's two things I really like about the new space layout. One is that there's a complete walk around bar. So yeah. there's the bar is rectangular and you can sit all the way around. It. So in other
0: words, when I want a cocktail or a glass of wine there and I walk in at like 5 o'clock on a Tuesday and there's already eight people jammed up to the bar, you can, you can, know, that's the worst thing because I love the bar at, at, at Esther's. I love but, the but, bar at Esther's but too, but there's like, not enough room. Yeah, there's, there's never like enough seven seats. seats. Yeah, yeah it's, there's it's never
1: it. enough seats. So I love this. The second thing is they're doing a mezzanine level in that dining room where you have – do you know this? No. There's going to be a – a staircase that goes up to um, a a mezzanine, a platform that Uh is near the kind of the roof of the building. And it's going to be a cocktail lounge. So I can
0: stand up there and wave to my friends with the... uh, Well, it's going to be a
1: little... They're designing it purposely for meetings, but you have it be a little quieter. Uh You can have drinks or you can have drinks and food. I think they're going to offer the full menu up there. So it's going to be a separate space from the main dining room where... A person like you that gets grouchy about noise and people and peasants, you guilty know, as charged. That you might like it up there. Okay. Well,
0: peasants are really getting <laughs> upset. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really nailed it on the, on the head right there. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Good day, peasant. Okay.
2: But he also he's got Alcalde Posto up in. Okay. So and he fills that. Oh so yeah. So I does. think hmm. I think there's not going to be an issue. And well,
0: I, I think the the vibe downtown is is exploding so much with popularity. That uh, I think this, uh, James is what I call the smart money, and and uh, Ted Marshall, who's the guy who's the, the the developer there, who owns a lot of real estate, and um, these these are smart people, and they, they see that this is the future of Las Vegas right now. To siphon off people from the Strip who want something a little more real than just going you know casino to casino to casino. So good. Before we leave, James Trees, and as a segue into the next segment. He mentions to me, uh, we're talking about the James Beard Awards, which are coming up on Monday. They will be announced. And Las Vegas has three finalists. Wow. Uh, they, we have, for, which is the first time this has ever happened. So for uh, Best Chef Southwest, we have two finalists. Of course, we've got uh, Oscar uh, Amador Ito from uh, Anima by Ito and, and the original Ito. Uh, uh, and uh, the original um, uh,
2: Idiotapas. I-
0: Idiotapas, exactly. Thank you. And then uh, we have Kaoru Azuki, Azuki of Kaiseki Yuzu, uh, which is you know a fine almost a jewel box of a Japanese restaurant on Spring Mountain Road. Both uh, vying for best chef Southwest, and the smart my smart money is that one of them is going to win it. Okay, and if I had a handicap, Oscar. I would say Oscar is going to be because. Uh, not, not that they're not equally willing. And Karu Azuki is was just a fabulous Japanese chef, but Oscar's garnered more publicity. He runs two restaurants and he's gotten more publicity over the last couple of years. So I would, I would give him the nod there. And then, of course, we have Garage East for best bar in the country, which is incredible. They're a finalist for best bar of the country. Garage East Wine Bar, just literally a hundred yards from where we're sitting right now, and uh, so. But if I had to handicap them, I would say that that Oscar Amador Ito is, you know, is going to walk away with Best Chef Southwest. Now watch them make a liar out of me and give them to somebody from Tulsa, Oklahoma, or some, you know, no. shithole like that. Oh, excuse me, did I say that out loud. <laughs> I didn't mean to insult Oklahoma. Yes, I did.
2: Oh okay. man.
0: Okay. All right. So that's that's the James. Fair. But anyway, one last thing about James Trace. So he finds out – and this is where I want to segue into the James Beard Awards because I tweeted out this morning, are the James Beard Awards so woke they're broke? (laughs) Because uh, an article hit the New York Times a couple days ago about how they are now investigating people who are nominated and actually sicking private detectives on them. What? Oh yeah, you didn't read the article. No. Oh god, go to the New York Times if you if you get past the paywall. Um, they are. This was written by Julian Moskin, who's somebody I know, a great writer for the New York Times, and uh, about how uh, the James because they want to be, you know, pure than driven snow, and 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 they've they've appointed themselves basically the the judge, jury, police, and executioner of 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 proper behavior in the restaurants of the United States. When you get nominated and somebody sends in an, an anonymous tip that you have misbehaved, you know, grabbed somebody's ass, cursed somebody, lost your temper in the kitchen, or a difficult boss to work with, they are now hiring private detectives to check out the nominees for their awards. This is disgusting. Well, it's, it's beyond disgusting. And it's, it, and it's, as the food gal pointed out, it's also just beyond stupid. Because you've gone from giving an award, a merit-based award, to becoming a human resources department, and a police department at the same time. And, I, as, and as I said, judge, jury, and executioner. So, um, And they did it with more than one person. One of the nominees is a Greek fellow who got nominated, who they disqualified from getting an award because he had people complaining and sending James Beard uh, Foundation Text or email messages that he had. He was a difficult boss, and he had fired people and yelled at people, and was known for just screaming at people in his restaurant. And the guy's Greek, by the way, which kind of comes with the territory if you've ever worked in a Greek diner. So, uh,
1: (laughs) so yeah, saying oh that Greek guy screamed too much. I mean, you should go work somewhere else. In a in a statistical number, right? In a percentage, how many great chefs could be accused of this type of bad behavior? A hundred.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I'd say, know. I'd say 75%. Yeah, certainly, yeah, right? Cer- certainly way more than half, way more than half, maybe not a hundred, but way more than half of all chefs.
2: But again, yeah. you're now opening up what's supposed to be a merit-based award system to potential disgruntled former employees yes. to sabotage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Torpedoing
0: things like, I don't like that guy. I don't like that Sam Mirjofsky. He fired me once. Oh, he's up for an award, like best lawyer in America i 'm going to let them know just what a tough boss he was, and then blah 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 I mean my god this is this is literally the the beard foundation biting off more than they can chew. I don't think well, they realize, realized they they were doing this when they decided to appoint themselves the arbiter of good behavior in restaurants and carrying the banner of equality diversity blah 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 blah
1: i i it's very Stalinist, which is ironic because you know Stalin was known for famine so uh, <laughs> just ask Ukrainians anyway yeah
0: yeah, okay Uh, well sorry about that
1: uh, Ukraine
2: but yeah so (laughs) so uh, (laughs) all right you went to Esther's this week where else did you go
0: no that's it that's it I'd rather rant about political stuff this week okay my food this week has been very I've been I've actually been working hard earning my paycheck this week what? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nose to the grindstone and all that stuff. So you
2: only went to Esther's? I only went and, to, sniffed,
0: to, around 1228? and sniffed around
2: twelve twenty eight.
0: Sniffed around twelve twenty eight for the whole week. That's that is true.
2: No lunches? No lunches.
0: No, I I've, I've skipped lunch. Can you tell how thin I am? I've, I've lost at least a quarter of a pound.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I went finally to Weiratai. Let, let's hear about it. I was a little disappointed. Okay, I went to I went to Rainbow, uh, the new one the on new Rainbow, unit. the, the Pr- south. Big, Pretty restaurant, right? Very beautiful. The, the restaurant's beautiful. I would say I expected it to be more of a casual joint, and I would say it's upscale casual. Um, it's, it's very nice. Uh, I ordered, I, I thought, you know, l- listen, the duck is good, but the duck, the chicken, the beef, all the meats were dry, and I, I felt like it was all under some heat lamps for too long, Ooh. And, no, it, oh, that's and it was, and, it, and I was there fairly early in the evening. I I, I got in about six thirty, and probably started eating around seven. So this wasn't like it was at nine thirty at night. And I, I I really expected it to be better, and I'm I'm a little heartbroken. I'm going to go back. I'm going to try it again. It, should I try a different location? Well,
0: I, the one I like is the one on Spring Mountain Road. The original is on West Sahara near uh, Herbs and Rye. Okay, just down the street from Herbs and Rye. But the one I like is is a smaller, little uh, kind of a, a just a cozier little space right on Spring Mountain Road in the Shanghai Plaza, and uh, I think they're going for volume at the Rainbow location, and it's a dazzling restaurant. It's really pretty. It's one of the biggest, prettiest restaurants in yeah. Las Vegas. But um, yeah, I I, I I would say the food I've I've eaten there twice. I've eaten the one on uh, Spring Mountain Road a dozen times, and that's the one I prefer. So, okay. uh, but uh, give it a try because um and also get to know the people there because you you know they don't come any more gringo than you sam okay and if they size up you and your toe-headed beautiful blonde kids right away they go we're gonna make this we're gonna make this as gringo friendly as we can so if you go again and again and you tell them no i want the real stuff i'm john curtis yeah well john here what what have one of those little fans that has my face on it walk in with those, and then uh,
1: they'll, they make, uh, they'll spice it up for I'll just tell them I'm an investigator with the James Beard Award. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure
0: that'll well, work. Well, out. I love Saucy. She's great. And Peter, they're the, they're the owners,
1: and they do a I great want job. It to be, I really want it to be great because it's beautiful, yeah. and yeah. It's, um, it's easy to get to for me, and so I, I, I would love that location to be yeah. dynamite.
0: And they've made a big success of it. I mean, the three restaurants, they started with almost nothing. And now they've got three big restaurants. So we're a tie. I did lie. I have been to a place that I love because I was overdue to go back public us, which I don't think we talk about enough. We we're always lavishing all this praise on uh, main street provisions and James trees and blah, blah, blah.
1: I went there recently.
0: Public us to me is got the best goddamn cappuccino cappuccino anywhere in Las Vegas. I mean, and I've, tasted them all and they do their own baking there too and their own uh they're not going to have the scale uh that 1228 Maine's going to have but as a small uh, personal little bakery restaurant coffee house i mean it's hard hard to beat publicus. Really and your is.
2: cubano sandwich
0: yeah the cubano sandwich and they, they um, we're eating there we know the owner chemo the owner is great and talk about a pioneer who went out to the far reaches of East Fremont when no one was going there. So we're eating there, we're finishing up, and they bring me out this. We're thinking of putting this on the menu, and it's sort of a reimagined Cubano sandwich. You know, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not sort of. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not smashed. It it doesn't have cheap cheap ass ham on it, which they all have. It's got really really good roasted pork, better cheese, lots of pickles. A uh, beautiful bread that they bake right there. It was. I, I told him. I said, keep it on the menu. It's the most stunning, reimagined Cuban sandwich I've had in town. And I've had oh, there's Cuban sandwiches. A lot of lousy ones because I think you. It's one of those sandwiches you can get away with making really badly. People still order it. You know, cheap little pork, and they always have that ham on it. It's like pre-made pressed ham that has like, you know, <laughs> gel, gelatin like you know, falling off it and everything. Ugh. So. Anyway, Public Us, one of our favorites for coffee, baked goods, and Cuban sandwich, let's hope.
2: Anywhere else? Nothing?
0: That's it. I was like today. You know, and This this week was uh, uh, one more little a little shout-out to th- uh, four people. We're sitting at Esther's Kitchen last night, and we hear the couples next to us talking in a Cajun accent. And I go, how'd you guys get here? They said, well, we saw it on google or what yelp yeah you know and i go oh, that's good I, it's a great place they go do you like this place and i so we ended up engaging with them their name was billy doe and milligan the couples and uh so they asked me uh is there any other good places to eat in las vegas <laughs> well, <boy laughs> and I, my, alexander and my wife said boy did you ask the right guy <laughs> so we ended up getting in like a 15-minute conversation with them and i sent them to scotch 80 prime and uh, mateo's And where else I think they're there, Bazaar Meat. So we gave them a whole list of places. They were going to go to, wait for it, wait for it, Uh Hugo's Cellar. Oh, I...
1: Yeah, they were going to go Get out of my mind. I literally was going to joke, Hugo's Cellar. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because we were talking about Fremont Street earlier and all the yeah.
0: Because they, they said, well, we saw it again. We saw it on Yelp and oh had lots of good reviews. You I went, saved them. I know, you a, saved them. That's just what Dr. Jerry said. He said, you just saved them about 500 bucks in a, in a really lousy time. I said, yes, I in did. In salmonella.
2: But you should that's have a, directed them to your Hugo Seller uh, blog. no. Because no, no, that's no. still my, one of my favorites. Uh, the food <laughs> gal did just that. She said, so she wrote down the,
0: the, the, the website address, eatinglv.com. Shameless plug alert. And, uh, yeah, so she saw them there. Uh-oh. And then I actually, they made their own reservation at uh, Scotch 80 Prime. And I texted the chef later that night and said, look out for these people. They're nice people. So Cajun people from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, obviously out for a good time. Wanted to eat really good food. And, and, uh, and I hope I steered them in the right direction.
2: You steered them away from Hugo's. I did instead. for a
0: fact. Yes, I did. I said, well, I said, well, where else is there to eat downtown? I went, oh, let's go through. Berries, Oscars, you know, a Public Us. Main street provisions. I mean, we could go on yeah. and on and on. So I said, don't waste your money in that, that crap hole. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. Well, uh, where did I go this week? Well, I'll do my California restaurant recommendation since it's June and summer is here. And people like this Apparently, A lot yeah, of people down to know, SoCal. Yeah. yeah. Our vintage, authentic Vegas is all over it. I, we talked about it on Twitter. A restaurant in Newport Beach uh, it's a vintage steakhouse on pch love it it gives me when i told him i was like it gives me herbs and rye meets golden steer vibes what's Uh, the name again a restaurant
0: a restaurant
2: and it is one of my favorite little places it's low maintenance it's a vintage kind of steakhouse red leather booths the food is good like Good plus, not it, not exceptional.
0: As good as uh, Golden Steer, not as good.
2: Yeah, I would say it's good.
0: That 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 level. Yeah, of but it doesn't. It quality. doesn't
2: have okay. the the history and the like. Yeah. The, it's just a local steakhouse and classic food, solid wine list. Always down to go there. So and that's one
1: what. one note on that though, they have a second new location that's down in Crystal Don't Cove. There. Don't go there unless you're a total douchebag. Yeah, go. Make sure you're going to the original A restaurant in Newport. So did you go? Did you go? I I I walked in it (laughs) once. I walked in it and I did a little U turn and walked right out. It was filled with hookers and like like men in there. You know, men dining dining with their daughters. Men dining with their daughters. A whole lot of that. Okay. And um.
2: Yeah. Don't don't go there. Go to the original one. So
1: Steakhouse Bros. Or they actually worse than that?
2: No, huh? they're Newport Bros. Yeah, they, yeah. Um,
0: okay, that's a culture I know nothing about. So yeah,
2: okay. you just, don't
0: just old avoid dudes it. with money with hot young chicks. Is yeah. So my, okay.
2: my California recommendation a restaurant, and if you want more, just message me on social at Ash the Attorney. Uh, locally, I made the trek out to Marche Bacchus. Finally, and finally, with the new chef,
0: and and oh, I'm I'm
2: all ears did the short rib and the burger yeah and i did kind of a showdown with oscars because i had the short rib and the burger there nice which burger between oscars and marche bacchus would you go
0: Uh, for uh, oscars yeah yeah i would yeah i mean i liked i like the marche burger a lot but oscars to me is sort of on a different level
2: Yeah, no, they're both really good. I loved it. I thought the food was inventive, unique. I like what uh, Chef Ogden's doing up there. So really enjoyed it. It's one of those restaurants that's worth the drive. And And beautiful setting, too. Yes. Oh, great time of year for it to sit out in the lake. My other restaurant that's worth the drive, don't judge me, go up to Suncoast Casino and go to DuPars for breakfast. Oh, DuPars
0: is great. Okay.
2: I, I am... I will only let myself go there about once every six months. Because <laughs> you want to eat all the pancakes. All the pancakes. <laughs> and let me tell you, they are literally, it's like they make the pancake, they take it off the griddle, they dunk it in a vat of butter, and then they put it on the plate. Oh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the, the, when you go to cut into it, the, you can see the butter already coming out of it. You don't right, have yeah. to deal with it. So, yeah. I, look... And there's lines. The people line up for this place like crazy. And you know, it used to be downtown. Yeah, I know. It used to be I in know. the Golden
0: Gate. And it was there, I think, maybe five, ten years? Uh, for a while, it was there. And I, I, I went there at least once a week. It was so good. Then they, they decided they they'd probably make... 10 times the money at the Suncoast as they did downtown. But, yeah, but all yeah, you Summerland people,
2: go into the Suncoast and go to Dupar's. Go early because there's lines, but it is really just a classic breakfast spot, and I'm actually thankful it's so far away from me. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a, um, that, my trouble was when they opened the bakery up here at Twelve twenty eight. Yeah, twelve yeah, twenty yeah, eight. Yeah. Oh God! I mean, it's just going to be.
2: It's going to well, be rough. R- <laughs> <For> <laughs> I'm going to be there all the time. For me, walk. I can just you know. Yeah. I can sneeze yeah. and I'll end up there from the um, office. So yeah. I'm nervous about twelve twenty eight being so close.
0: Yeah. So uh, okay, I'm glad. Do pars. I mean, uh, yeah. It's funny because we were. I was at this uh, birthday party a week ago uh, at at AnimA by Edo. and I met uh, one of the um, one of the owners of the Suncoast Casino. Really. Uh. uh I can't remember the name.
2: Uh, uh, it's a Boyd casino. Yeah, yeah, it's,
0: it's, yeah, it's Willie Boyd. Willie Boyd. That's yeah, Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it was William. I guess he's named after his dad, Willie Boyd. And he was he was saying, can I get you into my hotel? And I went, I like the food at your hotel.
2: He was like. "Oh, Tell him the-. I want a fast pass for the DuPars line. Yeah.
0: Well, he asked me. Well, the funny thing is I never followed up. He, they're putting in a new steakhouse at the Suncoast. And we sat there and spitballed various ideas about the name for, for the new Suncoast uh, steakhouse, And it was fun to do that with me and two other people, a wine rep and I think someone else at the party. And uh, we were trying to make sure he kept it, you know. Did you s-
2: recommend The Aristocrat?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> no I. It, he said at one point, so he had a list in like Suncoast Steakhouse and we all went, no, nah, 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 it's got to have a little more. I mean, it needs to have like something like, you know, the, the, the charcoal grill or something like that. It's got to have some, you know, got to have some evoke memories or, 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 or taste olfactory sensations of great beef, you know, cooked over an open flame. So we gave him a few ideas. The grill, I know, I know the grill sounds a little pe- pedestrian, but to me, it, you know, the grill at Suncoast sounds better than Suncoast Steakhouse.
2: Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So
0: if you have any ideas, let me know, and I'll let Willie Boyd know.
2: Okay, steakhouse names. I will. Yeah, steakhouse those.
0: names, folks. Send me some.
2: <laughs> I need. Um, but yeah, that's my. Those okay. are my hey, ventures. Hey,
0: and... So you guys got out more than I did this week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Well, I oh, okay. what about lose... that?
1: I'm, um, I'm
0: trying to get my uh, my summer body in shape. It's your you gay know. pride shape. I know. When I start walking around in my mankini <laughs> in my backyard, <laughs> um, I feel sorry for my neighbors. I really do.
2: You have any pet peeves?
0: You know, yes, and the food guy has a pet peeve that she wants me to throw yes. out real fast. She says, we're way past COVID now. We're two years past COVID. You still, coffee shops will not let you put your own cream or milk and sugar into your coffee.
2: Wow, that's bullshit. Yeah,
0: and she goes, what is up with that? I said, and I when she told it to me this morning, she I said, well, that sounds like a, one of those... Hyper specific ash pet peeves. Yeah, I'm with her. It's it's so small bore. I don't know whether it really counts. It counts. It does. But she goes, yeah. And because she likes to, you know, modulate her, her cream to sugar to coffee content just so. And every coffee shop got rid of it during COVID because they didn't want you touching anything. And now most of them refuse to bring it back. So, pet peeve of the week, courtesy of the food gal.
2: I bet it's also not a COVID thing. I bet they're realizing they save a lot of product by controlling it. Uh, I bet there go. was so That's much it. waste. Yep. But uh yeah. Um, yeah, they're
0: throwing away milk all the time and it's, it's exactly but so so the food gal is right. I don't care as much as but she gets real hyper specific about her cream to coffee ratio.
2: As she should.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so important. pet peeve of the week. What's yours? Any pet peeves, Sam? Besides Ukrainian starvation? <laughs> By Stalinist Stalinist food policies.
1: <laughs> I have no pet peeves. I'm I'm all positivity this week. Oh, that's good.
0: That's good. Yeah. Well it must be a good week in the personal injury lawyer um, world, okay? It is. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay, well I guess that's a wrap then. We're 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 right on schedule. How about that? Yeah, I know. I don't have a peeve. I'm huh I'm, peeveless. I mean, I'm, you're not, you're not upset because you know a paper napkin didn't have the proper fold. Then, you know, I I'd, got
2: one. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you give me enough time, I'll find a pet peeve. Uh, espresso martinis. They should have three beans. Oh, the princess. Have you heard the story about the princess and the three beans? The,
1: yeah, Yeah. Oh my god. That's an old First of all, That's an oldie but a goodie. You lost It's me. like
2: getting a martini and they don't give you your olives or your garnish. You I lost know.
1: me at espresso
0: martini. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, god, that's such a fatty drink. That's such a That's such a oh, trend.
2: I like my no, 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 yeah. no. No, I have a specific reason that I like it. Why? I need my alcohol and my coffee.
0: Do you chew the beans?
2: Do I chew the beans? No, but the, I like them. They're part of the so what is It's just decorative? Who cares? Oh
1: no, they're there I mean, for you, health, wealth and happiness. You actually, they have a
2: purpose. You actually eat
1: the olives. I mean
2: that's your
0: fruit. You got you to know, have fruit and vegetable content. That's the meal. The meal with a martini, but yeah, well you a, can
2: smell them, you know? Yeah,
0: okay, okay, okay. First of all, okay, espresso martinis. Give you
2: know, me my three beans. Tremzoid
0: over here, trenzoid Okay, three bean martinis. Here we are done with that. We'll leave it with
1: that. <laughs> bon appétit. So where do we find everybody?
2: Adash At the attorney.
1: At Eating Las Vegas on Twitter. At What's Right Sam. And at
2: Eat Talk Repeat.
0: At Eat Talk Repeat. We're right there. And if you're going to Paris, go to eatinglv.com. Shameless plug. Shameless plug number six. (laughs) Bon appétit.